are listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast, a show by personal trainers for personal trainers. It's time. It's time to become a better trainer, get more clients, and change more, and lives. Change more lives. Let's go ahead and get started here. Welcome. Good. To, I would say good to see everybody, but we <laughs> cannot see anybody. Hope you are all having a good Thursday. And it's February. Have we processed that? Okay. Um, Happy February. Hope the first month has been going well. You're still feeling optimistic about the year. Uh, We're going to be diving into um, how to find a niche uh, in the personal training market and how valuable is even having a niche in the first place? What are the the pros and cons and trade-offs of narrowing your focus of, of who you work with? How do you take advantage of those trade-offs? Um, and how do you know if it's right for you? Um, you know, obviously there's certain pros and cons to going this route. And obviously it's a gradient as opposed to a switch where you say, I either have a niche or I don't. It's not as black and white as that. Um, but uh there's certain ways that you could take advantage of casting a wider net, and there's certain ways ways that you could take advantage of casting a smaller net. Um, and so we're just gonna kind of talk a little bit about those. Um today and dive into a little bit of that when you were training at equinox sam did you have a niche at all or were you kind of staying pretty pretty broad yeah at that point in my training career uh no i was definitely at the point in my career where i just wanted to meet as many potential clients as possible so and and at the same time i was learning what type of trainer i was Mm -hmm. and i think something really cool about building a niche is one of these first steps, and I know we're going to touch on it today is, you know, who do I think I help the most? What is, what are my strong suits when it comes to training people? What do I bring to the table? Um, that's, that's really what I think is the fundamentals of finding your niche. And at that point in my career, I didn't know who I was as a personal trainer yet. Um, I was still learning who I worked with the best I was still learning who I think I meshed with the best. Um, Cause as we know, personal training isn't just the fitness side of things. It's also about sitting there and chatting with someone about their life for an hour. Um, so I, I was still really diving into that. I think when I kind of started developing my own personal niche and really having goals to have this specific audience was when I decided I wanted to try to become the go-to brand and trainer for my specific niche. Um, which was, which was down the road. Um, and I know we'll talk about more, more developing that, um, certain niche today, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting to, interesting to think about though. Five years ago, I definitely didn't have one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just curious sort of where you're at with it. And what about you, Matt? Do you have an existing niche right now? How do you kind of think about that? Just, just in your own business before we dive in? Yeah, this is definitely developed over time. Um, so for anybody uh, who doesn't know me, which is probably everybody, um, I've been doing this since 2015. And uh, so I started in college and that was kind of more, my niche started with a couple of my friends in, in college, right? Um, and then I was actually more into natural bodybuilding. And so I was more, the the content and stuff that I was putting out on social media was actually a little bit more intermediate and more advanced and more tailored towards the very serious kind of uh, gym gym rats. Um, But then over time, like after I got out of college and after I moved away from some of the natural bodybuilding type stuff, my niche 
kind of followed me. Um, and so one of the things with 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 niches, besides I still don't know if it's niche niche or niche. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is that what I, one of the coolest things that I heard about niching is that you don't find your niche, your niche finds you. Um, and I think that that's really powerful. And you have to um, kind of uh, uh, listen to that as you gain more and more clients. I think you can have an idea of who you want to work with, but until you actually start working with people, you actually, it's kind of, it's kind of like going to college. Sometimes it's like you figure out what you don't want to do more than what you do want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, as, as you work with people, just really identify, I really liked working with Johnny and I hated working with Sally. And it's like, what were those reasons why? Like, who are your best clients? Why are they your best clients? And how can you tailor those um, favorite qualities and uh, mold those with your individual strengths? And I think that's that's kind of how I found mine, how I found mine. And just to wrap this up now, um, I'm definitely working with more of the general population. Uh, however, the types of people that I work with are more like directors, supervisors, CEOs, um, project managers, people who are more in like leadership positions. And so while the actual training experience of those individuals um, is more towards like beginner, intermediate, not as much advanced, their mindset and how they view the world um, lends itself more towards those kind of like high performers or whatever you want to call them, right? So that they have they have leadership positions and they also take their lives very seriously in, in all pillars. And usually fitness is just kind of one of those pillars that is missing. And so that's kind of um, what I try and, and fill with them. So yeah, it's changed a lot over the years and it'll probably if, you know, still doing this in five more years, it'll probably change again. So, yeah, it's, it. it's a, I wanted to ask both of you that question before we dove in, because hopefully people listening right now, even just those two answers, hopefully you can identify that they think about it in slightly different ways. There's commonalities that it's always changing. What I thought I wanted to do five years ago, wasn't what I'm doing now. It evolves as I continue to learn. So, um, I want you to think about that as you're going through it. This, this isn't necessarily like, okay, I have to find my niche or niche. I feel like niche sounds so hard, so harsh, but um, <laughs> niche sounds like very light and like yeah, a croissant, you know, just like a, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you're thinking of quiche. 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 Yeah, I mean <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That is what I was thinking of actually. Um, but I don't want you to be thinking about, okay, I have, I have to check this box of finding my niche. I, you know, I have to write it down on a piece of paper and then that's set in stone. And then now I can move forward and not really think about it anymore. It's not really how it works. You know, um, you should be consistently evaluating who you're working with, the problems you solve. How can you help people a little bit, um, more specifically, how can you get to know them better? And so it's, it is a journey and a process and don't feel like that, that you have to make a decision. It's set in stone and then you're moving on. Um, that's not really how it works for me. My niche was beginners in the gym. I, and, and like Matt just said, um, they kind of found me when I, I had a lot of clients at the start, just because of general population who are beginner clients. And what I loved, um, was helping those people who never went to the gym get comfortable with the gym and help them kind of 
cross that line from I'm doing nothing and the gym's really scary and I hate it to like, wow, I actually don't hate going to the gym anymore. Um, I'm excited to see you and I'm seeing progress now. Like helping people make that transition was very exciting to me. Um, I love doing that. And that's just who I started training. And then once I love doing that, that's who I started marketing to and speaking to. And I said, look at these four clients that I, that I helped do this. And obviously when I start putting that message out there, naturally people who have that problem and that goal are going to come to me as well. So, um, anyway, want to just kind of touch on that to highlight, there is not one right way to do this. Um, and it's always kind of evolving. So if we look at the six pillars of impact here, um, with our impact driven model, uh, we're at pillar two here with choosing a niche. We're actually going to be touching on two, three, four here, because we're going to be getting into a little bit of how do you speak their language? How do you communicate with your niche? We're going to be getting into those as well. So, um, this is really the meat and potatoes of how do you appeal to clients and a lot of appealing to clients and speaking to them in a way that they're going to resonate with starts with understanding them. So let's back up a little bit and define what is a niche? What are we even talking about here? Um, in simple terms, a niche is a segment of your total available market. So if we think of the total available market um, for people that you could train, um, there that's going to be a lot of people. Obviously, we're going to move some people out at the bottom, at the top. Not every single human on earth is going to be in your total available market, but the people who you can potentially work with, that's going to be a lot of people. Um, and a niche is just taking a commonality out of that total available market and focusing your efforts on people who have that commonality. I think there's a, there's a common misconception around niche that, and I've worked with so many trainers. I used to run a mentorship for trainers where we would help people find their niche. And such a common perspective was, sh should I niche down to, to men or women over this age or who are in this location? And that's often where people's first mentality is, is how can I niche down from a demographic perspective? And there's value in that, you know, especially if you're working in person, um, obviously location is going to be a big thing, um, but it can't just stop there. Um, you, you're going to have to, to, if you do have a demographic based niche, you're going to have to think about a little bit more. How does that impact, like Matt said, how they see the world? How does that impact the problems that they might be experiencing? So you always have to go one step deeper. Rarely can it just stop with, I work with moms. Okay, great. I mean, that's 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 a great start. We're going to have to go one step deeper. Um, and this is where the outcome-based or the problem-based niches can be. And a lot of the advice that I've given people over the years and that mentorship for new trainers was, think about the problems that you like solving first. Um, or the outcomes that you like, uh, helping people achieve and speak to those, you know, I'll ask someone like, could a 31 year old man and a 41 year old woman, like, could you work with both of those people if they both wanted to do this same thing, or if they both had this same barrier that they wanted to overcome. And a lot of people are like, oh yeah, definitely. So I'm like, okay, so maybe, maybe your, your niche is not women between the age of 30 and 45, maybe it's people who are experiencing this problem and who want to achieve this outcome. Um, so you don't have to think about it solely as what's their demographics on paper. And I'm just going to choose eight different things from there and boom, there's my niche. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sam, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I like to think about it also. I know we've thrown around in the past, like target market. I, I like to think about it as your target market sometimes is like your demographic, whereas niche market is kind of how you're differentiating yourself in that marketplace. That's that's how I like to think about it. I I definitely struggled with developing my niche at first, so that's kind of kind of how I think about it, Alex. I don't know if you've um if that resonates with you. Um but I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. You know, you know, I think that that's a good way to say, you know, my niche is how I'm differentiating myself in that target market and kind of carving out um my own piece in that market to market too. That's kind of yeah. how I it for me. No, and that's that's totally valid. Honestly, in my mind, I think of I think of niche and target market as essentially the same thing. Right. In, and that's in my what, eyes. <laughs> I I I think I agree. It's just like I think I don't know. I, I know I've read that in a book somewhere yeah. too. I probably should be able to quote that, but um I just wanted to throw that out there. No, um, it's yeah. The niche is <laughs> a little bit more specific with um yeah, I mean I think that's totally valid. Targeted. So it's like target market, but then niche, I feel, feel like just takes it one step further. Sure, sure. It. Yeah. I guess when I think of target market, I, I still think about, well, even if you have a target market, you, you're you still going to vastly benefit from understanding them on yeah. a certain level. So you know how to speak to them right. um, and you know right. what problems that they want to solve and you know, it's going to intrigue them and, and you know, you know, how to right. motivate them and things yeah. of that nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm all for simplicity too. You know, I'm like, uh, same thing, whatever. <laughs> Here I am making it confusing. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but, but you're, but you're hundred percent right though, is that is the value of the niche is getting that, getting that specific. And Sam, do you want to speak to this, this little graphic here? Yeah. I yeah. Know you worked that in and I really liked it. Yeah. I just, I saw this, I was kind of, I was reading a couple articles the other day and I saw this. So I, I, I really liked it. I think that in it's also in no order, which I love because I don't think these come in an order, right? Um, I think that your strengths and what you're seeing yourself doing is super important. Um, however, I know Matt touched on this last slide and this resonated with me and it's not even, I really didn't think about it going into this. It's kind of like, you could think you're going to help a certain niche. You could think that that is the, the, a great niche for you. However, that might change, right? So when you look at this graphic, it's your strengths, your vision, and what you think might work for you, but what what are their needs, right? Because that might not totally align and you probably want those things to align. Um, so that's why I, I I like this. I I thought this graphic was cool. Um, and I think I think our viewers could benefit from it just like I can. Like I definitely save this on my computer because I think when you're yeah. developing your niche, not one of these is above the other. Right. Um, and it kind of depends on the outcome that you're wanting as well, whether it's, you know, if you have huge financial goals for your personal training business, perhaps your niche will differ from if you don't have huge financial goals, right? Um, which I know we'll get into. But yeah, yeah, I thought this graphic was cool. And what I love about it too is three of the four circles are you focused. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, there's, there's, it's, it's a common yeah. mentality sometimes to be like, what's the best niche? And it's right. like- they all exist. Right. What what makes sense for you? That it has to be where you start. Um, you I know, can speak on that, Alex. Yeah, Matt, go ahead. Because that's that's kind of that's the that was the different perspective that I was going to kind of offer. Because 
whenever I think of target market and I think of Dishan, or at least how it's, it's traditionally talked about, again, I see that as like you um, trying to like guess and pick out what makes sense for you as opposed to um, instead just being and doing and following your own curiosities and uh, then your niche kind of finding you, right? Yeah. It's And so I think that that is that's the problem that that many people run into. So the term that I like to throw in another term here, is what I've heard is called your, you have to create a personal monopoly. Um, and it's essentially like a, it's kind of like a Venn diagram like this, except the intersection, it's the intersection of your skills, interests, and personality traits, right? And so this is more of a differentiation type thing. Um, but I just think it's so important to, um, I think it's so important to be yourself and to follow your own passions and curiosities and post content that you like. And honestly, I think you should be super selfish um, in the content that you put out because all that's going, of course, it, it can still be helpful, right? You're not, it's not just like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not, not valueless, right? But instead, if you, you put out stuff that you enjoy and that you're curious about and that you're working through or something that you have worked through in the past, it's like you're only going to attract though you're going to attract your people and you're going to attract the same people who are curious about the same things you are. And what I've noticed is that that has not only one allowed me to avoid burnout for the most part, because I'm just putting out content that I want to learn about anyway, and that I'm actively working through as well. And also if I'm actively working through it as a coach who has gone to school for this and has done this and has worked with people and everything, it's like, talk about like original content or, or like unique content. It's like, if you are deeply thinking about solving for yourself, it's like, that's the type of content that comes out as authentic and original. And it's, then it's more so, and I also love it because it's not as preachy and it's not as guru-y and like talking down to people, right? It's instead, you're just like, Hey, here's me actively navigating my goals and dreams and things. And they may align with you as well. And here's what has worked for me. You can kind of take it or leave it as opposed to playing the guru and saying like lecturing and preach, especially if it's a target, you know, a niche that you just made up, you know, like I'm like, oh, I'm going to work with moms that are this, this, and this, and this. Of course, like if your mom that, that helps and things, you have some experience, but it's just like, I think more so just be selfish and kind of put out stuff that you're interested in and still make it valuable to people. And then that also opens the dialogue with your community to work through problems with you and also to kind of um, uh, attract people that are similar to you. And so this, this is my last point on this is that you, you, I attract clients that I would hang out with in real life. You know what I'm saying? It's like that, it, then that's something not talked about as enough. What is, what is usually talked about is like, you go after people, um, you know, who maybe have lots of money or something like that, right? Like a busy professional or something, right? It's like, I, I think that instead it's like, go after people, like put out stuff that you really enjoy and you're going to attract a tribe of people who are very similar to you, or at least like think similarly to you. And, and like it, it, it's, it, your if they're your temperament and they're into the same things that you're into and they're working through the same problems. And you'll be amazed at how much of all these other things, the demographics, the psychographics, all that other stuff, they just kind of take care of themselves. But it, it, it's, it's, 
It's spearheaded, which I love that word. It's spearheaded by you just being yourself and putting out content that you would put out possibly anyways, even if you didn't have an audience, right? And so I think that that's, um, yeah, yeah. sorry. I know that was ramble, but I am very passionate about how people go about this stuff because I think it's so hard and just kind of throwing darts at a board, you know, with a blindfold on whenever you, you're just kind of guessing at things. It's like, just put out, right. just talk about like, be interested in certain things and then put, put that out there and see, see how people respond to it. So, I mean, starting with yourself is so key. And I, I mean, a lot of the exercises with finding a niche is like a piece of paper with, it says, okay, write your niche down here. And there's like four lines and it's like, word, you know, so they, so it, it's very easy to, to be like, okay, moms who, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cause you, that's how you're checking the boxes. Um, sure. But it's, it's to your point, Matt, you, you just have to start with yourself. If you work with busy professionals because they have a lot of money, uh, but you despise working with that population for X, Y, Z, how sustainable is that going to be? How good of a service are you going to be able to provide to those people? If you want to work with people who don't have a lot of money, the thinking now goes to how can I structure an offer to suit them where they are? Not they don't have money, so I can't do this. No, of course not. Um, it's how can I build services that will suit them? How can I structure an offer that will suit them knowing what I know about them? And a lot of people don't know where to start. And again, to Matt's point, it's it's never a bad idea to start with yourself um, and think like, why am I doing this in the first place? What made me want to get into this journey? What problems were was I looking to solve? And like Matt said, when you start putting that out there and sharing your authentic story, of course, it's going to naturally attract people um, who have that same thing. And you already have a level of understanding that uh, because it's you, hopefully you have that understanding um, that there's fewer gaps to fill on that front too. So get out of your mind that it's the, that there's like, what's, what's the capital B best niche out there. It really starts with knowing yourself. Um, yeah. going from there. And also these are four options. It can be interest-based. It can be any commonality. Um, it can be people who love who, who partake in a certain hobby. It can be anybody, um, who shares a commonality. We've already talked about that. So let's dive into a little bit of there's pros and cons. You know, you've kind of heard all of us say, oh, I didn't really have a niche when I started, or I, or I, I do have a niche now, or I've kind of gone a little bit this or that. Let's think a little bit about right now, you know, especially if you're a new coach, um, or even an existing coach, you know, what are the the trade-offs of saying uh, yes to a lot of different people? Um, and like I said, casting that wide net versus saying no and saying, actually, I only work with kind of this population. Um, so on the pro side, obviously, if you enjoy working with a certain type of client, you can work with that type of client for the majority of your work. Um, there's a little bit more, more predictability around, um, what type of work that you're going to have them do. You often don't have to rewrite super new programs for every single person. If they're coming in with similar sort of goals and problems and things of that nature. Um, you know, we've all had clients that we would choose not to work with again, if it was up to us. And like we've been saying, that's really good learning experience to know <laughs> why that is. Um, so that's pro number one. 
Number two, uh, when you are able to niche down, you can narrow your services and your messaging and everything specifically to that group of people. Um, I use the example of, you know, if you're looking for the best sushi spot in town, are you going to go to a spot that says that's only sushi and they specialize in these six rolls only and it's super high quality? Or are you going to go to a spot that is a sushi spot and it's also a car wash and it's also an <laughs> antique shop and it's also this? Are, which one are you going to assume is going to be more specialized in sushi? It's going to be the sushi spot. Um, now, the other spot solves other problems like <laughs> we'll get to. Um, but if you're looking for the best sushi, you're probably going to go to that spot. And that's because that's all they do. And so they can craft everything around their specific customer versus the person who's going to go to the sushi spot and the antique shop and the car wash and whatever else I said. <laughs> um, it's hard to make each of those specifically for each of those people because they're attracting such a wide net. Now, they can craft their services to be more general, which is what you're going to have to do. And there's certain pros to that, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but this is really, in my opinion, and I'm open for the panelists to disagree, but this is really the biggest value of a niche in my eyes is the ability to focus everything um, and revolve everything that you do around one specific person. Like Sam said, you can be the go-to in this. Um, you know, we can use a fitness example. Like if someone's a corrective exercise person, they're a rehab person, they help people recover from a stroke, let's say. If you're looking for a rehab person and you just had a stroke, are you going to go to the person who helps people recover from strokes? Or are you going to go to a general rehab person? Of course, you're going to go to the people, the person who helps you recover from strokes. Um, now, let's flip that around where if there's a general rehab person who didn't just have a stroke um, and the person who helps people recover from strokes, they could help them in theory. That client might not choose them because they're a little bit more specialized. Um, so these are kind of the trade-offs of like, yes, you are. While you are getting more narrow in your clientele, you're also pushing people outside of that as well. So yes, you're able to become the go-to in this specific market, which probably means you're not speaking as much to people outside of that. Um, in a similar vein, it creates a path to becoming a specialist. You can become the go-to. Um, you can really say, I am the person who does this for these people and get really specific. And once that specific person is looking for services, you'll become the no-brainer option. Mm. On the con side, especially when you're early in career, so obviously it does limit the types of people that you get to work with. We've talked a lot about figuring out who you like to train, being curious, um, working with a wide variety of people, especially at the start. When you niche down very early, right out of the gate, it can be challenging to do that. Um, if you say, okay, I'm only going to work with moms and, and, and you've only had a few clients and they've all been moms, you say, okay, that's just what I'm going to go for. You do miss a little bit of that learning. What if you love working with another population that you don't know what you don't know? Um, what if, uh, moms like working with those few clients didn't 
really develop a certain skill that you wanted to develop. Maybe it didn't pose certain problems that you had to had to overcome. A huge benefit for me when I was first starting was working with a huge variety of people and taking on the 18-year-old student in college versus the professor versus the mom versus, you know, I, you name it when I was starting out. And that was helpful for me because I didn't really know who I wanted to train. You know, there was no one in my mind that I'm like, yes, these people, perfect. This is my story. I want to help other people accomplish the same thing. I just knew that I love health and fitness and I wanted to work with people in that arena. But after I got certified, I'm like, okay, now, now what, (laughs) now who do I, who do I train? And so for me, I found it very helpful, um, to be able to do that. Um, so those are kind of the first two points. And then this is, this is a relatively minor point that you can keep it in the back of your mind, but I wouldn't give it a ton, ton of weight right now, but it can be challenging if you niche down too early to backtrack, especially if you're doing a lot of marketing around that niche and you're kind of going all in on like, I'm the go-to for this specific population pretty early in your career. If, if obviously you can always pivot, sometimes it can be challenging to do that. If you've positioned yourself as this kind of specialist or this kind of person, if you, if you learn later on that it's not ideal, sometimes there can be barriers to walking backwards down that path to get on a new path and say, never mind, forget all the stuff I've been saying. Um, so it's really a con of niching down really specifically too early, um, but it's still a consideration. Anything to add, Sam or Matt, there from your experiences or or elsewhere? Um, I think no, honestly, I think you that just about covers it. I think, yeah, in the beginning. Um, yeah, in the beginning, I think that it can be super valuable just to reiterate the second point there to figuring out who you want to work with. Um, I think that that's key, like taking on take on as many people as you can just to kind of see how, like who you enjoy working with. And it also just, it builds... It builds up your tools as a trainer too to complex problems yeah. um, that could carry over across your career over time, right? I think that that's that's huge, um, and, and also, yeah, I think um, as far as the pros go, as far as like one of the biggest things with niching is it just provides constraints, right? It just it just provides something so that you're not thinking about everything that you could possibly create. Right. There's obviously so many different people that you could help. There's so many different problems you could solve. Um, so I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I, I think niching down, but again, this is, this is why I'm going to push your own curiosities. Cause you're like, okay, so who do I, who do I help? Or like, what do I t- speak to or something? And it's just like, this is where I think like going back to what you've already solved over the past, like, what would you pay? I, I heard it put well once it's like what would you pay yourself you know five years ago to to learn right in the, that five-year gap and then that could be kind of your niche or three years or two years or whatever it is however long you've been in this game however long it took like as you were going through your own journey how much like what problems were you solving for yourself during that time um, yeah i think it's a combination of that and then also um 
yeah, following your own curiosities on what what you enjoy putting out or what is what is missing. Oh, the another I'm filled with pithy quotes today. Um, <laughs> the other the other one that I heard uh, from my friend Amanda Bucci, um, she said she was like, "What do my people need to hear today?" As far as creating content, um, and I think yeah. that that if you think about that deeply, it's like, what does my tribe need to hear today? What, what do my people need to hear today? And it's so funny because it goes back to like the, 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 the things that you most are trying to learn or that you most need to hear is what you're kind of best at teaching or what you kind of lean towards teaching. And so it's so funny that a lot of the content that I talk about is literally the stuff that I'm trying to figure out and the stuff that I'm going through and that I'm working through. And then that, typically lends itself towards me being passionate about the subject. And then that comes across in my content and my people can feel it and they can relate to it. And it's honest and it's authentic and people really like that and they eat that up. So again, it's, it just, it just makes authenticity so much more natural because it's not, yeah. it's, you're not trying to fit. You're not trying to fit yourself into a certain hole or like fit yourself into a certain category. It's just like, you are, you, you, you living is that category. You being helps with that. Uh, For sure. So that's, that's what I have to add. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, hopefully it's, it's becoming more and more clear to at, at this point that it's, it's, it's very context dependent as to what you should do, you know, um, hopefully you're able to assess your own needs a little bit and think like, where are you on this journey that we're talking about? You know, do you, do you have a pretty good idea already of like who you are and the person that you want to help and, um, the goals that they want to achieve and why they can't achieve them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, are you like, I have no clue, you know, because wherever you're at kind of in this gradient is really going to dictate your next steps. If you're at a, I have no clue phase, you probably have to get in front of some clients and like probably a wide variety of clients and see what happens. Maybe you need to do some soul searching for yourself a little bit. Um, if you're a little bit more sure of like, actually, I already have a niche. Perfect. Um, now you need to be thinking about how can I understand them even better and speak to them even better so that they know that I get them to that level. So much of the power of a niche is can you meet them where they are? You know, this is where like magazines do such a good job of their whole goal is can we have a headline that somebody reads in the store or wherever that meets them immediately where they are that will that will cause them to stop and pique their interest it has to be language that they're already familiar with it has to be a goal that they already want to accomplish think of like lose 10 pounds off your waist the average person that's definitely something that that people would think you know if we're thinking how to maximize hypertrophy, blah, blah, blah. No one's stopping in the freaking store to read that because they don't know what that means. That's not meeting them where they are. There's gaps. There's gaps in between that. And so again, a huge power of having this niche and understanding them is, can you go to them with your knowledge, your language, um, your expertise, um, and automatically start speaking their language? Yeah. I also think, I also think another helpful way of learning if you're, if you're kind of stuck at ground zero and you still don't know, um, I think something that could also be helpful is, uh, 
go to um like if you're on instagram for example go to who you most interact with and who you follow the most the accounts that you follow as far as this could be this could be any type of account so don't just think fitness but of course fitness could be more relevant because it's just like you're following these certain people because you relate to them in some way you resonate with their content and kind of dissect that pick the top 10 accounts that you think of that you're like oh I really want to mimic something about these people and write out what that is, like write out the characteristics, the qualities, like what specifically resonates with you about those accounts. Um, and again, this doesn't have to be just fitness. This could be like meme accounts. This could be like cooking accounts. This could be sports accounts, right? All of these things is like, what do you as a normal person like to interact with? Because this is the other thing you have to remember is that Every like as fitness trainers, most a lot of my feed is fitness content. However, most other people in the world may follow one to two fitness accounts, and the rest of their feed is filled with normal things, right? It's like so. So don't get biased in the the fact. Like just remember to to be a real human, and that the people that are interacting with your content view their feeds much differently than you do. And I think a very easy way of kind of learning how they do that is by turning the mirror around and looking at your looking at your own consumption and the, the accounts that you like to follow and who inspires you and why and why that resonates and then then basically it's like you then have if you write all this out then you have a big list of uh you know a lot of self-awareness of these things that you resonate with that will likely resonate with your audience as you put out that content too so that might be helpful as well yeah no it's a really good tip Cool. Let's move on to some of the common kind of mental barriers that people can get into um, when finding their niche. And Sam, did you want to take this one? Sure. Um, yeah, guys. So, and I and I have a couple comments. I apologize. My dog was barking pretty loud when he was talking. So I didn't want to turn on my mic and got it. I wanted to scare everyone's ears. Um, but I do have a couple of comments also because please, um, with my mentoring program here at fitness mentors, or when I'm just talking to coaches in general, I do, um, find that there is this struggle of thinking, you know, a niche is going to, um, be a con and not a pro. I, I mm -hmm. see a lot of people actually kind of nervous to create a niche because it might be too refined and, and too, um, you know, ha has, they might think that they have like blinders on and, and don't see anyone else. And I just wanted to add in that. I think a lot of times, and you guys have really helped me actually on this webinar, I'm learning a lot. I think a lot of times it's also, um, kind of creating and setting a boundary for you as a trainer, like that's kind of how I think about it as well. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities in like program design and in finding your niche, because when you're, when I'm designing a program, I'm not going to put into my program, a crap load of workouts and movements that I hate and, I, and that I don't enjoy doing and that don't make my body, um, feel good or look a certain way or, and so on. Right. Um, or a meal plan, right? I'm not going to put into my meal plan, a bunch of different foods that don't resonate well with my belly. Um, and that's, that's what I've been kind of learning on this webinar from you guys. It's kind of like, why would people are not one size fits all right. Personal training clients are not one size fits all. So that goes without saying, 
Um, there will be some people in, in our careers that we want to work with and some people that are just not our people. Um, so I, I, I do, I have learned that. Um, and this goes into the common mistakes. I, I, I just wanted to say that real quick. Um, Alex, we can move on to that next slide. If you, if you're cool. ready to, um, I'd like and- to stay on that last one for a few more minutes, but no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's such this- a good point, Sam. It really is. Yeah. This, I mean, and this just goes into, I would say, you know, this first one right here, it doesn't align with your interests and what you love. I mean, it's what we've been talking about this whole time. Um, in terms of do what you're passionate, do, um, do what you're passionate about. Sorry. Um, and also we want longevity in, in, in these clients. We want longevity in our career as a personal trainer and the likelihood of you sticking with this niche, or at least wanting to try to see how this niche goes for you. If you're not, if that's not aligned with your interests and what you love, it, it may not, it may not work out or it may not make you fulfilled and happy. Um, and at the end of the day, that's, that's not what we want. Right. Um, I have seen this personally. I worked with someone a couple of months ago who had a very, very, very specific niche. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, we actually ended up kind of expanding on it and, and kind of trying a new thing and it's already working, working out, um, for him. Um, and I think that at first, that, that first niche he had, it was not towards what he mm. loved. It was not aligned with his best interest. Um, so I, I saw this firsthand. So I definitely think at the end of the day, I mean, you're going to have people that come in that might not be perfectly set in that niche that you thought. However, I think having this, this base of I'm doing this out of what I love and it really aligns with what I enjoy doing, I think in the long run, uh, that'll be great. Um, now on the, on the other side of things, obviously a common mistake that we see in niche building is that you have left no room for growth. You, you've become too focused on a niche that you're allowing it to create such a small client base and small client growth opportunity for you, um, that you kind of run into a rut. Um, so we want to be sure that we approach it, um, with that in the back of our mind always. And I think also I, I I read this and I, I was trying to pull it up as you guys were talking. I read this the other day. It's like, Let's think of a niche, but then widen on that niche. So we're going to think of what we love and think with what aligns with our interests. But then from there, how do we widen that up a bit? How do we expand with, with like what Matt just said, maybe we go on our Instagram and we see who we're following and who we resonate with. Maybe that'll help our, our niche to expand a little bit. Um, do you have anything to say on that, Alex or Matt? I don't think so. I mean, um, I think it's certainly... Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, you can get too focused for sure. Yeah. You know, you can get, I only want to work with, with gamers who play this game and are blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you do have to ask yourself, what's the total available market? You know, is it, is it 800 people in the entire world, in the entire community? That's to your, to your point, Sam, not much room for expansion there. Um, You know, so it's, it's, it's a nice filter to add in if you feel like you're getting too specific and the only, the only other thing I would add is I don't, I would question the value of getting crazy specific by guessing. 
you know, like I, the people who have very, very specific niches, they happen, they usually just, they realize that all of their clients fall into that, that niche and they slowly refine that niche. You know, I had a, I had a, I say client, it was a personal training. It was a, it was a personal trainer who's a mentorship client. He had a niche with golfers and that was his niche, which is a nice niche. Okay. You can get pretty specific there. And then he ended up getting really, really narrow for, he became a putting coach for, um, I forget what the last, like the last piece of it was, but he, but he got so specific and because when he loved working with those, or when he was working with those clients, like where he lit up was when they got to putting people, that's what they most enjoyed about his sessions. People started to come to him for his putting expertise. So now when we're working together, I'm like, dude, you got to lean into that. This is already happening to you. Um, would it have worked out if he just said, I'm going straight into this very narrow niche at the very start? Maybe, maybe, um, but it'd be a lot more risky. There, there, you'd have a lot less educated guess as to why you should do that probably um, for that specific person. And it fell into, pl- I feel like it fell into place and it sounds like this, this person's location, I mean, that target audience was, was this in-person training? Like, I feel was- like- it was backwards. It fell into place for not for him, but you know what I'm saying. It was a, yeah, it was backwards in a way. The niche, the niche found him. The niche, exactly. The niche found him, and <laughs> we sound like a broken record, but it's because it's so true. It's like he focused on on his enjoyment and his passions, and like allowed you know his work to kind of flow where it was naturally flowing, and didn't like force and be like no. I, I can't just take you on for putting because I'm I'm a whole I I do all of it you know and no it's like yeah. that's that's where it was gravitating towards um, and awesome. now it's valuable to lean into that now you you could become a go to putting coach you have a foundation to work off of right yeah I have so this is this is I think this is actually the sweet spot like we just this is exactly how I kind of found my niche beside like currently besides. Besides, you know, of course, putting out content that I wanted to put out, I, I did that. But then also what I did is I, in my, I highly recommend doing this. If you have a client questionnaire for your clients, I have mine in like Google Forms. And so since the beginning, so since 2015, I've used the same Google Form since then. And so after working with hundreds of people, I have certain questions in there, like as far as the demographics go, as far as the psychographics go. Um, so one of the big ones is like what they do for work. And what I noticed is that every person that already signed up with me, I was looking at their careers and I was like, oh, interesting. I was like, it's, it's for the past, you know, two years, it's been director, project manager, you know, supervisor, CEO, like all these, all these, of course, not every single one. However, they had those in common. I'm like, oh, interesting. So I was like, okay, so this is the type of stuff that's definitely resonating with these types of people. So now how can I, how can I add even more fuel to the fire and use that data and use that customer research to then appeal even more towards those people. I'm still going to be myself, but now I know whenever I'm positioning my marketing, it's like, I know the type of person that is ultra hyper resonating with my type of content. And so that type of customer research over time is, is so invaluable. 
And so that's why I highly recommend everybody that comes in having some type of Google form or something like that to not only learn, ask questions about who they are as people and like how they define success and what motivates them and all these things. Because again, you can use those words in your marketing, on your sales pages, in your copywriting. It's like use those exact phrases, how they think and, and talk about this stuff. But then also, to, again, to, to, to go back to um, like knowing yourself, we all have this perception of who we are in our head. But one of the questions that I have on my questionnaire is why do you want to be coached by me specifically? Yeah. Right. So out of all the other coaches and that provides so much value. Sorry about the siren. If you guys can hear that. Um, but there's so much invaluable feedback about what people really resonate with you. Right. And so you'll notice certain words or phrases, phrases, you'll notice these patterns to be like, Oh, they really like my honesty or they really like this. They really like this. They really like this. And so that in combination with the stuff that I'm personally interested in can like hypercharge your marketing. Right. So I think that that's, that's something using data and your intuition is that's the pinnacle of all of it. Right. Totally. Yeah. And this is why we want to do this, this webinar, because it's hard to teach. It's it's really hard to teach that nuance sometimes, and it's so contextual. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to this next point, um, perfect example is I Samantha would not train golfers uh, to to putt or whatever. <laughs> Alex's client. To- I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, no, the, <laughs> me too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Um, I'm if you don't have that particular expertise, this is a pretty obvious one, guys, but this is, um, I think, equally as important um, in this example right here. If you'd love to work with the older population in a rehab center environment, you'll probably need something more specific, right? Whether that's a certification experience, may have you, whatever, um, you're going you're gonna to want to not go into an area that is not something you're feeling confident on. Um, I think that's a pretty obvious one, but I'm, I'm sure people have done it. I'm sure I've done it in the past. Um, yeah. it, it might sneak up on you um, being like, Ooh, I actually don't know as much as I thought about this particular subject. Uh, but no, yeah. people do it. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's funny because it can stem from like the, okay, what's the best niche type of thinking right. where they're like, I'm just gonna, you know, Seems like the older population has a lot of money. I'll just right. do that, you know. And right. like that's kind of where the, the the line of thinking stops. And so, yeah. And that bleeds that bleeds into the last point is making making the the financial side of this, you know, the most important part of finding your niche. Um, like you just said, Alex, that might that might run you into a rut because if you're thinking that that older population does have the most money, uh, it you might, you might run into that place of like, oh, I actually don't feel safe and comfortable working with them. And now I'm kind of feeling phony. Right. Um, so we always want to make sure that we, you know, obviously it's common We're we're business owners, we're trainers. We, we want to train, um, people to, to create a great life for us, um, and build a business. Um, but you got to you got to make sure that you are focusing on these other things that we're talking about today in this webinar um, before we're focusing on that financial side of things. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think those four common mistakes are those are the top four. Um, it's definitely difficult and it's definitely a fine line. But 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have yeah. anything else on this page before we uh, move on? I was just going to add that it looks like this probably got sliced off of the bottom of the slide here, but all this point was, was saying was like, you know, it's, it's definitely smart to consider the resources that your audience may have, you know, it's, it's, of course it's smart to understand that, but to round that out, just because a population has money is not the sole reason to go with that niche. And it doesn't make it necessarily easier. It's, I mean, it, it, it does to a certain degree, it makes it easier for that objection, but maybe not even. I mean, there's a lot of people who have money who are like, I'm not paying that. Um, <laughs> whether they see the value in it is a different question. Right. Um, but as I kind of alluded to before, you can work with college kids, even though they don't have money. Like, should you offer a, a $700 a month package to a college kid? That could be a tough sell. Mm. Um, you might have to restructure services that allow you to do that. Maybe it's a lower barrier to entry thing, lower cost, less of your involvement. You can, you can, you know, maybe it's a group thing. Maybe, you know, I don't know. The options are endless, um, but it's not always. Oh, I want to work with with athletes because they have a ton of money, or I want to work with this population because they have a ton of money. It's it's often not as black and white. That's not always always a positive thing. Um, it is a lot of yeah. the time. But <laughs> I th well, I think I think literally you you nailed it with the college kids. It's like I think that's the only population that probably doesn't have money, right? Like, and even then, you could still probably find some type of niche, or like you said, do a group coaching program and just go by volume as opposed right. to you know a, a lower um, amount of clients. But it's like other than college kids, and of course, maybe if you're trying to work with very special populations or populations in need, more of like a, you know, more of like a nonprofit type thing, of course. Right. But for the most part, you can have most populations outside of children, like outside of college kids are going to be fine. I I've had, you know, I, I remember paying for like, if, uh, if, if, you and even college kids can be resourceful. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, so I think like don't don't count yourself out. Um, but for the most part, with with most populations outside of college kids, like there there's going to be people with money. So I, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't stress that. And I, I think yeah. it's more it's way more important to figure out all, all the other stuff as opposed to just picking a niche with money. Cause also, like you said, Alex, sometimes it's like, Oh, who's, who's sometimes the most stingy with their money. It's like the people with the most money, right? Like they, right. they're very rich and they have these things and they're just, they're like, that's the thing they care about the most. So they're going to be the most picky with where they put their money. And so it's like, of course, totally. differences in seeking value, that kind of things. But yeah, so don't, don't make that mistake. And I think about your population, Matt, your niche of like, leadership mm -hmm. executives or project man like yeah. i i would assume that you can offer a higher price point for the return benefit of you don't have to think about this anymore and that's what they wow. value they have the money they're willing to pay money to buy back their time knowing that you can adapt your services and your offer accordingly where someone might pay you $900 a month for for in exchange sure you just do what i tell you and right. you don't have to spend and second thinking about this, I mean, I'm sure that's not what you say, but like, right, but right. that would be okay. Whereas a college kid, their top priority might be like, I need it to be cost effective. You know, and again, this is why it's helpful to understand your people. For sure. Cool. So we've kind of already touched on a lot of this guys. I don't think we need to go super deep into this. Um, Matt or Sam, is there anything else that you want to add 
I know we've given a lot of strategies about how to determine that. That's sort of what a lot of the presentation has been about um, uh, as planned. But is there anything else that you want to add here? We've kind of gone over each of these points, but um, just to wrap up the finding your niche conversation, anything else that we haven't really dove into that that you want to touch on? Kind of on the last point, but I just wanted to add this in. I think also um, something that comes out of <laughs> being good at at your niche, being being you know being well um, liked within that market and within that brand, it's going to spread awareness of your services and your name. And in the long run, people are going to want to know about your product and hire you as well. And it's going to spread. Right. So I think that at the end of the day, if you're, as we've said, if you're enjoying your, what you're doing with this particular niche and you're doing well, it, it, I think in return, a lot of times just helps grow your business and it makes it successful. Um, I think there's a lot of power in, in having, in having that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add that in, um, with, with the topic of like finances, because I think in the long run, people coming back to you and bringing friends along with them, it, maybe that's better in the, in the financial side of things, right? Uh, yeah. From, from many perspectives, I would say, oh, yeah. I mean, that's certainly a, um, having a strong referral system. And when you're trying to find new clients in your niche, going to your current clients and say, yeah. I help people exactly like you with, with right. your goals. Do you know anybody else who is just like you <laughs> or who I mean, wants to achieve these same exact things? Yeah. I'm totally. my, my part, like what I do um, I started out, I think, you know, you guys know this, but our viewers might not. I really wanted to work with military spouses and families and kind of be on that side of things. And the only reason I have met a bunch of people across the country that know my services and my products is because of those people. Uh, they tell each other about me, right? So that's that's word of mouth. Um but in the long run, that's a lot better than me, you know, selling to, to golfers, right? That's, <laughs> sure. Right. Cause it's, it's people that not only do I help, but they, they see that and they tell their friends, they see that and they tell their husbands and they, they refer yeah. it's a referral system. Um, Cause you were the go-to, you were yeah. the go-to for that population. So they're like, right. Oh, you're looking for a trainer for military family for this virtual understands exactly the life of a military spouse and so on. They can relate to me just as much as I can relate to them. That's a huge point there. Huge point. That's what it is. Massive. Cool. I really have nothing else to add with finding. And I feel like we could overcomplicate it, you know, but we've yeah. already given strategies. We've given frameworks uh, yeah. of thinking and principles to follow and, from here, there's nothing else that we could give you to say, write this down or do this. It's it's a matter of just getting out there and and experiencing different clients and thinking through these things. Um, I, also, I also think the, the last thing that I would add is <clears throat> along those lines would be, <clears throat> I think thinking about, and I think we've, we've touched on this as well, but energy management with these clients 
and the types of clients that you attract, because I know that, uh, for example, I have one friend who speaks to hardcore in the, um, like relationship with food and relationship with yourself and kind of like the deeper, the deeper type stuff, um, more closer to, to the along the lines of like therapeutic type stuff. Um, and I know that the types of clients that he attracts can be very labor and mentally intensive because of you're talking about these very heavy things, these very heavy topics and ideas and deep rooted issues with some people. Um, you're going to, uh, you're, you're going to spend a lot of time for, so for example, you have weekly check-ins with these people. You're going to have very intense, very long, very, um, it's going to take a lot out of you to typically to work with these people successfully. And now maybe that could be your passion. That's what you're great at. You can crush that. Um, you're something you're, you're very passionate about it. Um, and you're also willing to charge more because I do think that for stuff like that, if it is going to be very intensive and based off of how much labor you're in, and energy you're putting into it, you should charge appropriately to that. Um, but it's just a reminder that sometimes the stuff that really, because, you know, lots of sales tactics are tapping into emotional type things with people, but be wary of the types of people that you might attract um, or another flip side of this would be like, if you're, so I think of kind of like call out culture, like if you're somebody who's constantly calling out people and, and putting out like you're, you get angry about certain things, you go on rants and like, that's kind of your thing. And you'd be known as like the ranting guy or whatever. I just think of Lane Norton, but Lane is Lane's the guy who, you know, he, I think he does this naturally. So it kind of works out for him. That's kind of his marketing is like calling out zealots and all these things. But to me, that just sounds absolutely exhausting. Um, and so it's like, just, just remember that the type of energy that you put out is, is also probably what you're going to attract. Um, and, and so just, just consider all of that is whenever you're talking about the, the, the problems that you're trying to solve and the people that you're trying to help. So I think that would be yeah. kind of the only thing I'd add there. Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit in other presentations too. And hope like, obviously all this stuff ties together, guys, everything goes hand in hand. But absolutely, I mean, we can even start coaching publicly like that. Start planting seeds of the types of mentalities that we want to attract. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. Um. Awesome. So this is our uh sort of wrap up um, from the the key content, and shockingly, we've talked about this too. Oh, I was going to ask, I can't see the chat, but do we have any questions at all, Sam? Um, we haven't had any questions. We've had, um, just a couple of comments. Um, <laughs> Brett said, you don't want to be the Walmart of personal training. And I died. <laughs> um, honestly though, that's, <laughs> but think about the value that Walmart serves, you know, oh, like it's not, it's, I agree with you. I wouldn't want to do that, <laughs> but it does. And like, you don't go to Walmart for the highest quality things. Of course you don't. That's not the, that's not the job you're trying to accomplish when you go to Walmart. <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah. Love that. Yeah. And then, uh, John Davis said, knowing what niche you don't want is equally as important, but I wouldn't consider it a deal breaker either. Uh, totally. And it's dependent, of course, you know, like I've, I've had certain, uh, personal training client, like personal training mentorship clients. We're like, I 
can't turn this person down because I need the money to pay for these bills or whatever. I'm like, take the freaking client. <laughs> you right. know, there's, there's right. certain lines like, right. yeah, if you right. have a niche and you, now you're, you're struggling and you, you have an option to take on two clients who fall outside your niche and like, that's, that's okay. You know, it's <laughs> not, it's yeah. You right. know, it, there's, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this all encompassing black or white. Like I will never I work with anybody it. outside of this, especially if you need it. Of course, of course, yep. take that in consideration. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But no questions. Carrie said, just soaking in all the great advice. So <laughs> We're tossing a lot out. Glad <laughs> it's been helpful. Um, but last slide here, guys. This is this is uh we've we've talked about this a little bit, but like this is really the power of having a niche in the first place. You know, how can we again back to our conversation of how can we meet them where they are? Um, a lot of this is, starts with we need to be curious ourselves, not only in how we interact with them online and prospects asking questions about their life, but also within sessions. You know, we've talked a lot about reading between the lines, getting to uncover their why as, as a client, noticing certain moments when they are feeling amazing or when they're really struggling, like what's going on there? Did they really hate when like they were made out to like look in look embarrassing or be embarrassed or whatever? Like that was like a huge deal for them. Like log that information. It's just data. Um, is there something that they really freaking love that like you wouldn't expect to cause this really positive reaction, but they freaking loved it and they're celebrating it. Awesome. You know, maybe that's something that you, you highlight publicly because other people might, might get to that. Or maybe you start working that into your marketing. Cause you're like, I didn't think this would cause so much joy in this population, but it did for this person. And you know, there's the foundation of it is curiosity. Um, and also never feeling like that you know it all. You know, this is a theme that we talk about in most most webinars, but I'd caution you from reaching a point of I already understand them as as much as I could or I already have all the information I need. You know, there's it's not that that is necessarily untrue. I mean, I'd argue that it is most of the time. But what's the value of that? What's it just closes off your mind to new information? Um, there's no real value in thinking that even if there's some truth to it. Um, so always keep your mind open, always be curious, always be asking questions. I learn so much about people because when I initiate conversations with prospects, I ask questions. I'm, I'm not selling them anything. I'm not really giving advice unless they ask me for advice. I'm learning about their life. That's my only, or, you know, about them and their life. That's, that's all I care about. Um, and if it does reach a point where I sell to them, how much easier is it to sell to somebody that you feel like you understand and you feel like you understand why they think that they can't do it? You feel like you understand what their ultimate why is. Um, then you don't have to pitch them. You can say, I understand your point B, your final destination that you want to go to. I understand your point A, where you're at right now. Here's how what I do can get you from point A to point B. It's so much easier to navigate a conversation like that than to say, hey, want to lose 10 pounds? Because, <laughs> you know, hopefully it's, it's semi-obvious, like the difference between those two approaches. Um, but if you have a niche, 
and you go focused and you're not leaning into this this side of things you're just not taking advantage of a, a huge value of having a niche um so yes it starts with like who's the population if we go back to our initial six pillars who is it what problems do they have you know that's 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 kind of the first piece of it and then how can you show them that you get that <laughs> how can you I hate to say convince cuz it's not convince it's how can you prove to them that you understand their problems and that you can help them that can only happen when you're curious you ask questions and you develop this understanding of your people you know there's a lot of people who are like there there's a lot of the pre-made content out there on social media here's the five benefits of drinking water you know who does that speak to who is any is anybody going to disagree with that no is it going to move the needle for anybody i mean i would wager not really it's very broad it it doesn't address you know a specific situation it doesn't address a a specific outcome it's kind of just like here's the benefits of doing this want to get fit want to gain muscle it's like yeah that that will speak to some people and if you and if you happen to catch somebody at the right time and maybe they know you personally like it's definitely possible you can totally totally get clients just be like want to get healthier and it's possible it's just harder though you know and again who does that speak to um versus hey did you just i'm completely making this up did you just have a baby and you know blah 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 and you can speak to four like specific instances that they're going through like oh crap they're talking to me um you want them to feel like you are talking to them which again that means that you probably other people will feel like you're not talking to them and that is a necessary byproduct of having a niche the old saying is true you try to appeal to everybody you appeal to nobody i do believe in that to a certain instance obviously that's quite black and white but it is mostly true when you stay broad and you are talking to the masses how much it's going to resonate with people and move the needle is going to stay very even whereas if you talk to a very specific group now that group who was even might not care at all because if you're talking to moms and i read that post i'm going to keep moving cuz i'm like this is obviously not for me if a mom is reading that post they're going to think the exact opposite and think this is obviously for me because this person has called me out these four things in my life or whatever that I'm experiencing. So don't feel to your point Sam too bad about being focused. Again, a necessary byproduct of speaking directly to people is that you will not be speaking directly to other people. Um and that is okay. Anything to add here guys? No, nah, man. No. I think it's all set. Yeah. I think if we nail it. <laughs> I'm passionate about that apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we ended on It's just I've, I've 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 had this conversation so many times. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm isolating people. I feel like I don't want to say moms because I could work with dads. It's like okay, you know. You need to get specific somehow though. So yeah. maybe you maybe it's not just moms. It can be dad. It, it can be men and women fine how can you what language can you use so that both the mom and the dad 
would read this, read, you know, read this post or whatever it may be, and think that you're speaking to both of them. What commonality can you speak to? That has to be there. What it is is much less important, but it has to be there or else your messaging stays very broad and it's just a little bit more challenging. So to wrap up here, guys, just some of the key points to kind of take away. Again, niching down is not inherently good or bad without context, dependent on where you are in your journey. You know, if you're very, very early on, you have no clue who you want to work with. It's probably beneficial to cast a pretty wide net and take on a lot of different clients so you can learn. It's tough to guess too when you have never trained people before. You've only had a few clients. It's it's tough to know who you're going to like working with and it might surprise you. I thought I wanted to work with athletes and go the high level route. I started working with super beginners and I'm like, I love that. This is this is where I want to be. Again, please start with yourself when thinking of a niche. That that chart that Sam had in that that second slide, three of those things were were for you. Get that side done and then think about understanding your people so you can craft services for them and craft messaging for them. But if it doesn't start with you, that second piece is not going to be nearly as effective. Again, you can develop a niche over time. It doesn't have to be you have one or you don't. It's just not really how it works. It's not a switch. It's it's a dimmer. It's a gradient. And it can evolve. And then as we just talked about, if you're not getting to know your niche, um, or at least attempting to understand them on a level that you can speak to them, you're, you're losing a lot of the value of specializing and you're losing a lot of the value or capability of being that go-to person. So please be sure that you're rounding it out with that. Hope it's a great weekend, everybody. Yes. Everyone have a great weekend. Thanks for coming today, guys. Feel free to reach out if you need us. All right, guys. As always, thanks for listening to the Certified Personal Trainer Podcast. You can learn more about fitness mentors at fitnessmentors.com. Be sure to share this podcast on social media. And remember, we are here to help you succeed.